Welcome. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Fucking uh, asshole. Jeff Gordon. Yeah, that's right. Live 24, everybody. Um, this episode brought to you by Jeff Gordon. And, and extra small Ray-Ban sunglasses. Well, extra small. They, they, all the sunglasses wore extra small. Look, you see the thing on my, on my wall, that poster? Oh boy, those are small. Those are little big glasses. <laughs> like unnecessarily small. It was just a 90s thing. It was just a 90s. We just did everything weird in the 90s apparently. Yeah. We're gonna auction this poster off for charity for the small Ray-Bans glasses. <laughs> Is Dave gonna sign the poster? I'm gonna sign it. Just Dave with finger paints. <laughs> <laughs> So have your son sign it for either. you. That's right. We're gonna we're gonna put it on our Discord. It's gonna be great. Um, it's gonna be valuable. I'm thinking it goes for at least ten bucks. That we're gonna start crazy. the bidding at ten. So anyway, no inflation, <laughs> eleven bucks. Yeah, no free shipping. <laughs> so enjoy that. Um, and no shipping to Canada. No, yeah, just just domestic shipping. Actually, only within fifty miles of my house. <laughs> <laughs> you have to come pick it up. Um, <laughs> the shipping can't exceed the cost of right. the, uh, the piece itself. <laughs> That's right. Um, anyway, uh, we had a lot of racing this weekend. But Unfortunately, still- we are not joined by our Formula One aficionado, Mister Levi. Um, but we all saw what he saw, so. We're going to do our best to cover. Um, I'm sure he'll have some opinions. We'll save him for next episode. Hey, Dave, stay on track. Watch the limits. I know, right? Stay on track. Stay in your lane, bro. That's <laughs> Ten second penalty. <laughs> That's right. You looked at the line. Uh, but yeah, but as always, I think we should, we'll start it off with NASCAR at their first ever street course race in Chicago. Um, Antonio, what do you think about all of that? Oh, man. Is all I'm gonna say. I was not ready for Chicago to be a good race. I I will not lie, and I will happen happily openly admit that I was wrong when I first saw it and I judged it and I thought it was gonna suck just because the layout looked bad. But I will say, last episode I did say I'm not gonna judge it any further until we see it on track. So I guess that redeems myself a little bit. But uh, you know what, man? It's close racing all day. It was good. Um, I Xfinity race got rain shortened, which sucked. Um. You know, from NASCAR's perspective, I, I think they had qu- quite literally the shittiest luck you could have possibly had on a weekend where you spent 40 plus million dollars to put on an event in a city that you've never been to, on a track you've never raced before, um, on a type of racing you've never done before. But you know what? Nevertheless, I think they did a phenomenal job. Um, again, racing was close all day. The the rain really mixed it up for the, na- uh, for the cup race, I should say. Um, we started off wet, uh, then a dry line formed, and then it, it was really just crazy. I'll be honest with you, I really liked the call for single file restarts. I thought that was a great idea. Single file start, single file restarts. Why don't we do that everywhere? You get rid of everybody sending in dive bombs and doing all kinds of crazy stuff that we see at like Coda or like the Indy Road Course, especially, which by the way, that's where we're, we're headed to next, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. But anyways, be ready for that. Um. But again, I thought it was I thought it was a good race. I mean, what did you guys watch it? Did you see the event? It was it was fantastic. I did. And talking about the single file restarts, I forgot who started behind Hamlin to start the race. But Reddick. Damn did he send it on the first lap. Yeah, Tyler Reddick, man. Oh Reddick. Yeah. Yeah. And you can tell he's got that road course experience, that's for sure. Yeah, he was but, hungry. Uh, 
and then he ate tires. Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then he ate the tires. Yeah, well, I mean, there was lots of stuff going on throughout the race. I mean, uh, who was it at the front? Was it Briscoe? He pretty much had, was it Briscoe? I feel like that's not right. That is definitely not who I'm thinking of. And I have the name in my head and I, I cannot think Justin Haley? the life of me who it is. No, number 20, Christopher Bell. Uh, oh, Christopher Bell. Bell. Yeah, okay, there we oh, go. Mr. Anyways, Christopher Bell, yeah, he was doing great, man. Um, all those guys at the front were, um, overall, Until he they, ate they, tires. they were doing great. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, man, I mean, everybody ate tires at some point. I mean, man, look at, uh, look at Noah. He was in that one wall in turn six. I think he was, I think they said four times. Yeah. I will say, going back to the Xfinity race, so the reason Xfinity got scammed, um, was unfortunately due to lightning was what screwed it, not the rain. I mean, the rain was, I don't know if you guys saw the pit lane. There was like probably three inches of just straight water through the pit lane. Um, the drainage there though was phenomenal because after it cleared out, like they were racing the cup race, like within 25 minutes of there being three inches of water. So I don't know if they cleared some drainage or what they did, but man, that cleared out fast, um, which was insane. Um, but yeah, back to the Xfinity race. No, they, uh, they're supposed to have, you know, NASCAR's got their mandated 30-minute lightning delay once there's a lightning strike within a certain radius of the track. They have, I think it's five miles, one mile, two, I don't know, two, three miles. There we go. Norman knows the answer to it because he's been here for 30 years. But anyways, um, <laughs> Norman, Norman was there at Watkins Glen actually when the lightning struck. I remember had the, in 1984. <laughs> anyways, I hope it was Watkins Glen. Maybe it was somewhere It was else. a Thursday. <laughs> Anyways, they got their 30-minute delay. Um, unfortunately, we were informed uh, that the city of Chicago has a 90-minute delay due to rain. I think it's a parks rule or something in that regard uh, to any events going on. So that sucked. That caused the race to pretty much have to end. Um, there just wasn't enough time to get it complete. Um, but no, I, I do really want to stress that I thought overall and from a fan's perspective on TV, this was a freaking fantastic event. Um, in person, I think it was a good experience, but they got absolutely shafted by the rain. Like when I say NASCAR has no luck, like they got no luck. Like they had to cancel two out of the three concerts because of rain. Um, you only got to see technically one race. I mean, it was one and a half, but when you add up the laps that Xfinity had left, they had what, 28 laps through. So what there was 20 or 32 to go. You combine that with the 75 laps we ran and you get in a hundred lap race. So you realistically only saw one, um, which sucked. Uh, but yeah, no, like as soon as that lightning strike hit, they, they started kicking fans out and stuff too. Like, it's just like, what are we doing, man? It's, it's tough for the fan that was there. I mean, you're probably not getting a refund, which is even shittier, but again, unforeseen circumstances really ruined that. As you're talking I felt it was a decent race too. I was entertained by it. Entertainment value was there. But the one thing that, not from the racing standpoint that I want to talk about and discuss now, is is this sustainable? Was it just, oh, it's the first ever street course race for NASCAR. Everyone shows up. Everyone throws in their money. But does it turn into what I feel how the Charlotte Roval turned into is, now it's past the news worn off and now it's just like eh, the Robles kind of stinks I thought the Robles when it first started was very entertaining it was very good and now what are we five years down the road from it I'm kind of like meh 
Is that what Chicago yeah. can turn into? I think it's one of those events that it's fresh, it's new, it's something different, but it's something that needs to not stay as a one-off. Like I definitely think for the amount of money invested and how much that event got thrown on its head but due to rain, like I definitely think we need to go back there and have a proper event. Um, but as a sustainable sense, I do think one street course a year is cool. Um, it is a lot of money for NASCAR. Like they spent like upwards of $40 million, like just to put all this on, to put all the marketing into it. And it did pay off. They got 80. I don't know if you guys saw, but, and, and the way they track this, I, by the way, to my understanding is through website regi- registrations, because you have to register to get a ticket. So 80% of the people registered were new registered, like who, sorry, who bought tickets were new registrations. So, and they were going around asking people, like NASCAR posted a video, there's some guy going around asking people, hey, how many races have you been to? A lot of them said it was their first, but yeah, 80%. I mean, some people were there for just the concerts. That's just how it goes. But at the same time, they saw a NASCAR race. Like that's that's people you're bringing in that might come check it out and be like, damn, these V8s are freaking cool as hell. And they're ripping around a street course and they put on a crazy event. And I, I really do think it's something sustainable. Now, am I saying I want a street course every, you know, month no i want one maybe maybe two one is is good enough we're not gonna las vegas and miami like nas uh, like uh, f1 is but i do think one is fine would it be something instead of doing chicago every year instead of doing chicago then go do like st louis and then go do new york and then go do boston then go do like austin and move it from like major city to major city around the United States every every year. That's what I was going to say is that, is it sustainable in Chicago? No, I don't think so. I don't think that, I think that first of all, you have to consider that NASCAR's success is being fully overshadowed by Formula One success. Like if you're trying to go to a race and you don't, you're like, like you said, 80% of the fans were new fans. So the question is, do they care if it's NASCAR or like, you know, and so we have races in Vegas, Austin. We might see a Formula One race in New York City. Uh, that's just a rumor. But so, like, NASCAR has it's Montreal. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, NASCAR's got a big hill to climb, and you know, like, even with this event in Chicago, uh, they hired 900 extra security officers officers for the event, and they still had a breach on track. I don't know if you guys saw that. But during the night. Yeah, wasn't there some guy driving his car on the Yeah. Track? And that guy's a legend. I'm just saying. I, I would have took that opportunity to ran too. I know. I mean, hell, that was crazy. But anyways. and and so like, yeah, I would like to see more more street races and more like um bring new fans in type stuff. But I don't think it's sustainable in Chicago. I think NASCAR lost a ton of money at this event. Well, the one thing I was gonna say too is actually um they did so i actually think the city of chicago is kind of letting nascar down in this regard but uh there was a mayor change recently um and this was after nascar had signed a three-year deal with chicago and so there's actually concerns that it could not happen next year there was um some posts that came out i did see uh, regarding and i had a quote from the mayor basically saying it's not something that's guaranteed, but it's definitely it like heavily being taken into consideration of bringing back. Um, so it really sucks that that's the case. Um, the old mayor was all for it. 
um, you know, some new spice it up. And then of course there's a change in government and that's just something that happens and shafts things. It's kind of happens in a lot of places. I mean, with, especially with street courses, you kind of run into that issue, I guess, but. Well, yeah. I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's, it's a, the city, it, the city has to have one, the infrastructure to support it. And two, they have to want it because there is some, there's some sacrifice that has to be made, you know? And, uh, I think that everyone lost money on this event, but I have seen a lot of people online saying what you're saying though, that like, Hey, we've never been to a race before. This was really cool. You know, watching V8s fly by down whatever street that they grew up on or used to work on or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, I saw a lot of really positive posts. So I think that like, yeah, NASCAR is onto something, but I don't think you do it in Chicago, man. Like, like, I don't know if you're SVG at like, I don't want to go race in a town I can get shot in, you know, he won good, you know, spoiler alert, but. I guess to that point, Shane Van, I'm going to botch his last name, Gisbergen, I'm pretty sure is what it is, uh, ended up taking the win. He's with uh, Project 91, which is that little, like, sublet of uh, Trackhouse. Uh, so that was cool to see him win. Uh, for those who don't know, he is a very, very good um, Australian supercar driver. Of V8 supercar driver, I should say. Um, he is he's got New- lots of wins. He's New Zealand, he's though. No, he's, he's, yeah, he's from New Zealand, I should, I should say, but he is racing in the Australian B8 supercars. Um, was, I should say. I don't, is he still active? I he's actually, a legend, yes. mate. He said, he okay. He said in his interview that he's going to run supercars for two more years and then he would love to come over to NASCAR. Ah, uh, there you go. That's cool. Yeah. So, so without a doubt, that guy is a, is a freaking top notch driver to come over and win. And now he did have some stars aligned. It was NASCAR's first ever street race that does, you know, play effect on the drivers. You know, they've never been to this track too. That's all, that's all Shane does is race street courses. Now, again, I don't want to discredit him. There's the guy drove, first of all, on the opposite side of the car that he normally drives. So normally drives on the right. That means he's now shifting with a different hand, Whoa. which is, I don't know if you shifted with a different hand, but it's fucking weird, man. Like it's, to, you can't just change up and be normal. You got a different side of the car too. Like your depth of perception. Anyways, he's clearly a skilled driver. Um, he was throwing it in there. He was running at the end of the race, I think almost a second and a half faster than some of these other guys. Um, I thought Justin Haley did a great job, by the way. Shout out to him. He was he was running great there at the end for the position that he was put in. Um, it would have been cool to see him win, but again, happy for S- SVG. Um, I, don't, I, I guess for him, honestly, it was probably a walk in the park because a NASCAR is pretty similar to a V8 supercar in a sense of it's sequential. Um, it's actually got less power than the V8 supercar. It's got bigger tires. So like, as in wider tires, I should say. So it's actually got more grip. So if anything, this is this man's time to shine. Like project 91 couldn't have picked a better candidate to run this race and they won. And I, that's awesome. I'm very happy for them. I thought that was a very cool thing to see. Um, now we're going to take as Americans, an absolute shit kicking on social media. That's going to suck. Because you already know that everyone and their mom is commenting how some dude could have just walked in and won um, <laughs> from Australia from, or from New Zealand, I should say. Um, so, so I've already seen some of the, the Twitter feeds are hilarious. I encourage you to go look at some of them. They are so funny. I'm in danger. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's it's honestly <laughs> comical. 
Uh, and, you know, all the F1 boys are going to hop on board and start bashing NASCAR drivers and everything as if, you know, their favorite driver could come in and win on an oval any day of the week, you know, as, you know, because they're so good. But anyways, I like all drivers equally, so I'm going to shut up uh-huh. <laughs> before, I dig, before I dig myself a hole and someone thinks I'm bashing him. But uh, yeah, no, SBG, great job. Shout out to that guy. I do want to say during the race, I thought it was a really cool camera angle. And I think it was down from like looking down from 12 past turn 11 and you literally could see the city still functioning in the background i did see that yeah it was from i believe turn 11 that one corner that did never never dried it seemed like yeah i don't know if it was the way the water ran down the track but yeah no there's a cool shot in the background uh everybody around the city too was actually saying that like the city still functioned like normal like it was actually okay with all the blockages and stuff so that obviously the way it was logistically planned was very well done. Um, again, I, I want to see them go back. I want to see it happen where it's dry. Um, you know, people were saying it was, it's been dry for months there up until that event. Like it seems like whenever NASCAR goes somewhere, it's either extremely hot or it's extremely cold or it's raining or it's snowing or it's, it's something weird's happening. So, um, Global you know, warming. Didn't, they go to, didn't they go to Vegas and it was snowing like this most recent Event? No, that was like, Auto Club. Oh, Auto Club. Yeah, yeah. They went to Auto Club. And yeah, sorry. I was, I was California for some reason. Now in Vegas, I seemed to think that was the same place for half a second there. But anyways, yeah, no, they go to Auto Club and it's, it's snowing. Like what? When does that happen in, in California? When have you seen snow? Anyways, crazy. It's they got all, no it's those V8s putting out all those emissions. It's the end warming. of times, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. California, they just when it snows at a NASCAR race, I'll believe it. Yeah, bang. But anyways, that's pretty much all I got for NASCAR. I I thought it was a great race. I'm there's a there's a lot of events I could cover throughout the race. I'm sure most of you people watched it. There was it was probably what was wasn't it the only event running at the time, or did IndyCar run simultaneously with it? I thought it was in IndyCar was um during earlier in the day. It started at like. Eastern time. Yeah, I think this is one of those days that you would actually have been able to watch all three races and not have them interrupt each other again. Like we've had, um, wasn't it with the Indy 500 and everything else? You yeah. could have watched all three. It was good too. But well, Indy also, it's always good to see that. Ran with one freaking caution. That was a quick race. Oh, that's good. That's cool too. Goes to show you how much I watch IndyCar. But um, with the segue of talking about other races, I mean, do we have anything else to talk about NASCAR related? You guys done with that topic? I, yeah. I'll put out a rating. I I give it an eight and a half out of 10. Hey, uh, go with it. You know, actually, let's talk about it for two seconds. I, as much as everyone loves oval racing in the roots, I do think that with the street courses, there is an opportunity um, I, I do think that when NASCAR made this car, um, and this is just can not like you can call it completely conspiracy theory. I, I don't have any factual evidence to back this. This is just what I think might happen. I really think that NASCAR is trying to open up to a newer market, not completely shy away old fans like you saw them bring back Wilkesboro. But I think with this car, they really try and shift the narrative of, hey, we don't only turn left, like we turn right too. We're not a bunch of dudes who just 
you know, drink beer and run ovals. Like, yeah, we're still here to support those guys who want to see and that. And we still drink and beer. And we want to run ovals. And we still, and we still drink <laughs> beer, just not Bud Light. But, <laughs> but. <laughs> that was funny. But we do want to pertain to new markets. Like, we want to go road course racing. We want to go try street courses. And you know what? This is going to be an unpopular opinion. And I actually feel like I'm counter, uh, counter, what do they call it? Counter fucking intuitive. Anyways, no, not counterintuitive. I'm contradicting. That's what I meant to say. Bang. My point from earlier where I said I'd like to see one. You know what? I take it back. I'd like to see a few. I wouldn't mind seeing them go to some place like Long Beach. I wouldn't mind it. I really think if they shift to a similar style of like, now I get it. V8 supercars is its own thing, but I do think NASCAR could benefit from more road courses as well. But I do want them to keep the ovals. I want them to keep the short tracks. Make sure there's still enough of those. Make sure the car can function on all of those tracks and still provide good racing. Because it seems like right now they've really screwed their super speedway racing and they've really screwed their short track racing to where everything else is now better. And I don't think that's the way to go. But I do think the variety is good for the sport. And I don't think we should be going to places like Coda. I am sorry that track is not built for those cars. It is not going to work and it sucks Anyways, case in point. Go ahead, Norman. Um, I agree with you. I, I do do think NASCAR is trying this thing. And I would love to see... I think I'd be more interested right now than in NASCAR than like seeing a American V8 supercar kind of series. But it got me thinking, IndyCar actually has an IndyCar champion, right? The overall champion. But they also have an oval champion and a road champion too. And if NASCAR brought in this and kind of had like, okay, we have the oval side and we have the road course side, or you can compete in both and go for an overall championship. And it kind of splits it up. So we do kind of have this V8 supercar championship going on kind of behind the curtain of NASCAR. I'm about it. Yeah, no, I get what you mean. It would be cool to support, like, you know, having one-off drivers come in. I mean, the road course ringers, we used, that used to be a thing. It's still a thing. I mean, you saw Shane come in. I mean, he didn't necessarily fill in for someone, but it would be cool to see a decent split between the two. But again, I really want to stress, because I, I, I probably am pissing off a lot of people saying that I want more road courses, because the amount of people that have said they don't is pretty high. But I really think... There needs to be a good split, but I really also think they need to make sure that their short track, their mile and a half, and their super speedways are not getting screwed over in the process of doing that. Now, I don't know how you build a versatile car to fit both and be good, but if it's as simple as making two different packages, or hell, even two different cars, now not virtually, not insanely different, that would be stupid, like still the same base car, but two different packages maybe, but you know, you have a road course car, an oval car like they got now. Have you something put some like canards that. on it. But, well, yeah, I mean, like you saw the the car at Le Mans. It was it was crazy. I mean, it, it was freaking crazy fast. Like it looked hooked up, even just going through the corners, driving by itself. So, again, I, I liked I like the idea of where they're going. I think we're just in that weird transition period where they're really pissing off a lot of old fans. And they're really trying to reach out to a lot of new fans. And we know that because Norman gets mad every week that NASCAR sucks. So he started watching IndyCar. But anyway, but anyways, I just wanted to get that out there. That I actually like what they've been doing recently. I thought since 
the cars change overall as a whole if you look at the entire series i think the racing's gotten better i don't think it's gotten worse gen 6 racing might have been good at certain places but i do think as a whole it's getting better and i think we just need to let them work out the kinks you know they're still they're always going to be inconsistent we're never going to you know get our they have that rule in the rule book basically saying that they can do whatever the hell they want as long as it you know is good for the sport so again as some consistency with penalties and stuff would be nice. We can, you know, deal with that another time. But in a sense of on-track product, again, I just they need to fix some of that stuff. But they've been doing good overall. I'm happy with it. We need to just give it some time. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on to F1. We all watched it. We're all here. We love it. I love Red Bull Ring. I'm fired up. I'm going to let someone else intro it, though, because I've been talking too much. So, Dave, you can take it over. Okay, Ten second penalty. You went outside track limits. Yeah, right. And stay in your lane. Um, like I said, it would it, we should see more street course racing, but I don't care what you say. I don't think it should be in Chicago. <laughs> I guess moving on to the big, the bad, the ugly, the Formula One, Formula Ooh, from the Red Bull Ring in Austria. Um, like I said, our fearless F1 um, expert. Let's call him that. Guru. Not, guru, that's better. Yoda is not here. Um, Yoda. And so we're going to do our best to cover it, but we all we all <laughs> saw what he saw. So, um, yeah. Uh, I What we're saying is we're going to wing we're it. We're going to wing it. <laughs> but um, I guess, no surprise, Max Verstappen is your winner. Um, no contest absolutely blew the wheels off of everybody. There was some complicated pit stops. Uh I guess there was a, a couple moments where if you had a very, if you were a very ambitious person, you might've thought maybe that, you know, Charles could do something, but it didn't work at all. Uh, and we saw that backed up by Checo, who was just crazy strong, came from P13 all the way to P3 on the podium. Um, now what I'm not clear about, I'll be completely honest, is after the penalties for track limits, where everyone ended up in the the shakeout because Lando was qualified P4. I know he got moved to P5. I know that he's not the only one. There was a lot. So while you guys are talking about other stuff, I'll try to dig that up and we can go back into the penalties. But overall, I mean, the Red Bull ring puts on great racing. It was uh, a little testy. Uh, we saw um, both Haas's in the gravel at some point. Holkenberg unfortunately, retired from the race. Uh, pretty early but yeah I mean I don't need to sit here and re recap the whole race uh, really what we should be talking about is uh, track limits and some of the other things that happen so guys what do you think about Red Bull Ring uh, first off I'm going to go way back to Haas and say because we brought them up last time that was very heartbreaking and I don't know what they need to change but I'm starting to lose my patience with being a Haas but um, All my I love this. Hate Haas. <laughs> I I'm really kind of like if if um well brain fart uh Magnuson? Andretti and Cadillac oh. come in. I you you might see me just throw all my Haas stuff away and go buy Andretti Cadillac stuff. <laughs> you know, I would be in support of that as a Canadian. <laughs> I I just don't. Dude, it's 
it's like watching a race and pounding your head against the wall doing the whole race to watch be a hot fan. I don't know. Ferrari's pretty close sometimes. I can't lie. Pretty tough being a Ferrari fan. I was a fan of the, <laughs> of this Haas, the pre. Uh, for people, uh, you we we share video. The, I have a flag on my wall of the pre Rich Energy Haas because I like that, and I think that's the same Haas that you were a fan of and are a fan of still, and hope that maybe someday. Um, they'll give us that same but man i don't know i don't think so like, what what it i the fall of haas was the beginning of haas it was the australian grand prix i forget how many years ago but they were both running in the top 10 and the pit crew both couldn't get a tire on the, their cars they both had to end their race with a tire coming off their car that's ever since then it's like we look Haas like a bunch of wankers never like hold it together gene gene we look <laughs> like wankers <laughs> so but back off that hostage <laughs> thank you for letting me go down my i'm glad, I'm my, glad we um, did that king of salt rant uh -huh. i'm glad we did that okay wait actually i have a question all the gunther steiner um love aside because we know that he's the goat um do we actually think he's part of the problem at all do you do you think like he, the way he's running the team has anything to do with it i've always been wondering that because it seems to be you know when most teams go through a struggle you know a head coach goes a team a, a, a team principal goes in this case they haven't changed team principal since they've come in as Haas, have they i think it's always been gunther hasn't it it's always been him i don't want to see him go because I love his personality. As a Hotsman, I don't know who, what you do. I People say drivers, people say team principal. I want to say it's somewhere in the management, and I don't know where. I don't know if it starts with Gene, and is Gene really doing enough just to give them what they need to win? Or is it the principal not being a leader? Or is it below the principal and the lower management isn't getting it done? But it's somewhere in those areas. Yeah, it makes it makes me wonder because, like, I don't know, you can't really put a strategy together, so it's not like it's the strategy department. Um, it honestly seems like, I don't know, Gene seems fine. Your drivers seem good. Like, like Magnuson's definitely solid. We know Hulkenberg can drive. He used to be able to drive fine. He was, seems to be doing all right for the most part. I haven't really been paying attention to him too much, if I'm being completely honest with you. But his results, you know, kind of reflect the car's performance. I, I wonder if it's just like an R&D thing. I mean, I don't think it's a money. I mean, I'm sure Gene's willing to buck up. Maybe not necessarily to an extent, you know, where we had Mick writing off, you know, a car every three races. But I do think something's weird with the R&D because they haven't improved since like the last we saw them when they were good was like wasn't it like 2018 was weren't they pretty bad in 2019 too like they started to decline pretty much as soon as that rich energy thing came on and I'm, I'm wondering if it's a funds thing like I don't know I think if it's just it's it's shitty to see I think if anything Gunter's the least of their problems like 
Like it's the business management side, the sponsorship thing between Rich Energy and now MoneyGram and like the Ural Kali and um, old um, Mazepin or whatever the the cheese the cheese guy as some of my friends call him. Um, anyway, uh, the I think that like the least of Haas's problems is Gunter. I think Gunter's like maybe their only solid thing going and now with with uh k-mag and hulk i think that they have they have a good on boots on the ground team of people but man like their support and the way it it just seems like the the top end is what's screwed up at haas um and i think there's a lot of black not good kind of underground stuff that goes on still i mean they're they're still under fire for possibly sending units to russia for all kinds of stuff because if you didn't know haas is first a machining company um they make really nice cnc machines and that are used all over the world and um there was some drama for a while um after they split ties with russia and uh, nikita and that whole thing that they were still sending units to russia so point is is that like i think that they got drama going on way up the ladder and gunter and k-mag and hulk are just like chilling driving race cars so i love gunter also might be biased but to kind of switch up that question to be honest why is steiner hanging around when it's money dude a a sinking ship i think that haas knows that he's their most marketable person on the team and like people buy t-shirts with his face on it just because and i think that they pay him as a billboard like and gunter allows it man i would shit you know like when, i mean at the end of the day he's still making shit tons of money so i mean i can't really say i would walk away no from that, i wouldn't no matter if the team's good or garbage you know but i saw his his body language on the pit box when hulkenberg retired and dude he looked like he wanted to take that little three person box that they downsized to and throw it across the track yeah i mean he's got to be frustrated but like like i said i mean i don't think man you could you could pay me enough money to be frustrated every day definitely no doubt so um no i don't think gunter's the problem at haas no way it was i think they need to shape up and um if i were if i were gene haas and haas formula one team i'd be trying to sell this is the time to sell, right? You have all these other teams trying to come in. You have a huge American following. Like, it's obvious that the Americans are not really a... I mean, the Haas, fina- the, the Haas fandom of Americans in Formula One has come and gone. Correct me if I'm wrong. But that's what it feels like to me. I never think it thought it was there. I mean, maybe... But, like, I just don't see all of a sudden now, like, they go to Vegas and, um, you know, Magnuson gets fourth place and, like, then all of a sudden America's, like, Haas has a Formula One team? Like, I think that, like, if they were going to be a pheno- uh, uh, a national or international phenomena, that it would have already happened. And I that might be why, like, Andretti with, I mean, that name, dude, like, that name is crazy um they're just waiting 
for the exact right time. And they like, of course they're getting pushed back, but the right time is now. And they know that, that like, if you, they get in right now, you can't tell me that everyone wouldn't, like you just said, you'll buy an Andretti t-shirt. I would too. Hell yeah. I almost bought a Logan Sargent t-shirt just because America. And I'm glad I didn't. I wouldn't, but anyways. <laughs> yeah, no way. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't. But I guess, um, I guess moving on in the race, uh, if you guys don't mind, yes. just there's there's a lot to cover. All right, yeah. But we love you, Haas and Gunter. You're my man. But um, get your shit together. Well, we do, but Antonio doesn't. He's not American, huh. so you're less. That's okay. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> He's a Latifi. Hope y'all crash and burn. He's, he's a, a stroll. Let's go skin. stroll. <laughs> yeah, and Latifi. I'm on Latifi. Yeah. <laughs> hey, technically, he's ahead of your entire team in the championship. Just saying. Um, and, and you guys feel free to add on. Um, but, of course, I think that the big argument here was uh, track limits, right? There was a ton of penalties given out, and there were multiples, m- multiple double pen- penalties given out to drivers over the course of the Grand Prix. Um, I'm going to pull up a list of those, but do what at first off, do you guys think it was too harsh? Cause I kind of do, even if they were going outside of track limits, like, I don't know, like some of these penalties stacked up to like 15 to 20 second penalties post race, which is crazy. I feel that it's this every time we go to Red Bull ring, I love the track, but I, I feel like we have track limits always being discussed at this track. I think we've got to do something about it. I, I might be devil's advocate. I think it's completely fine. I, now, you know, now, hold on. Now I need to rephrase myself. I think the white line is a completely fine thing to use. I think they need to stop, first of all, paving runoff everywhere and expecting drivers to not go use it and then get penalized because I think that's stupid. There's absolutely no consequence for running wide there. There's only time to gain. So, of course, they're going to put it on the edge. But at the same time, as a driver, as a team, you need to make sure you stay within the white lines. No matter how garbage your car is, Mercedes was complaining. Uh, Mercedes, it was mostly Lewis. Lewis was complaining about his car the whole race and how he couldn't keep it within the white lines because he couldn't turn, he didn't have front end grip. Well, then slow down. That's what you got to do. You got to keep it within the white lines. You can't just keep running wide. But now, do I think the officiating with the white lines you see better? Yeah. Like, do we really need 12 post-race penalties for track limits that were anywhere from 10 to 30 seconds? No, I think that's atrocious. But then stay in the lines. It's the racetrack. Like, that's how it's always been. We're not going to move the lines for you just because you can't stay within the lines. If we're going to do that, put some grass there or something. Then they won't go there anymore. I promise you it'll fix that problem. You know what I mean? Yeah, some of these are brutal, man. Like, Esteban Ocon got a 5 plus 10 plus 5 plus 10 second penalty for leaving the track. At 30 seconds. <laughs> Dude. It's, it's just one of those things where... I think the officiating on it is terrible. Like, how are you expecting someone to know one? I I get it. You know you're going off. But at the same time, you can't just come up after the race and give someone a 30-second penalty. That's literally half a lap. Yeah, that's crazy, man. You can't come out post-race and do that. So they either need to do one of two things. You need to put some sensors there. You need to get more people. You need to hire a whole team to watch track limits or something for Red Bull Rink. I don't know what it is because I don't deal with that department. There's a reason that I'm here talking on a podcast from my house because I don't know that shit. But at the same time, there's no way you can issue that many penalties 
after the race is concluded and feel good about it. Like, there's no way that was fair. Um, Again, track limits, drivers, figure it out. F1, figure out how to officiate that because that's trash. I, if I was Ocon, I would, I mean, I don't know. I didn't see what he was doing. But if I was any one of those drivers who got the penalty after the race, I would have been choked. That's all I'm oh, saying. Oh, totally. I agree with you. And I say the best yeah. way to officiate is start putting grass and gravel out there. That's what I was going to ask is like, do you bring the gravel back? Well, uh, look at a place like Watkins Glen and NASCAR. Like, the, literally the whole track's basically paved now. Like, there's no consequence for running wide. So, it's just like that everywhere now. You go to a lot of these tracks and they start paving the runoff. And I get it's like a safety thing, but at the same time, I don't honestly believe that you're going to create a big safety problem by removing some of that pavement. You might because it's, you know, a fast corner. But again, it's one of those things where if you're not going to officiate it properly, then you need to do something, whether it's physically put something there that restricts drivers from going that wide or, you know, something needs to be done in order to officiate that better then or police it better because what's happening right now is not okay in my opinion. So according to the FIA... And this is from Formula1.com. Uh, during the Grand Prix, race control was tasked with reviewing well over 1,200 instances of where a car was reported as potentially leaving the track. So to all you iRacers out there, don't feel so bad, man, because like, you know, 20 times 7. They got 1,200x, Yeah, bro. 20 times 17 <laughs> is 340. No, three. wait, 20 times 17 is, is 3,400. But anyway, point is, is that, wait, is that right? I feel so stupid. I'm pretty sure 340 was right. 20 times 17, 10 times 20. Is is, yeah, you're 340. I mean, is it? For, Hold on. 340 already did it. Okay. It's 340. Yeah, Man, yeah. We're good, good job, Brain. You knew it first. Or, they got DQ'd three times. But, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, exactly. Like, this is a grid and I race and getting DQ'd everyone three times at a 17 incident limit. So. Don't feel so bad because we just did Red Bull Ring in it. And I think I had four X. Thank God. But I also wrecked on the second lap. I got a drive through <laughs> penalty and then five more X. Just saying. <laughs> okay, nice. I think I finished with 27. Perfect. <laughs> um, but so here's what they said. Um, of course, uh, the final results of the race were protested by um, <laughs> Alpha. Awesome Martin or Alpha Romeo? Awesome Martin. Okay. Um, a lot of things got changed. The FIA did officially recommend to the circuit that they add a gravel trap at the exits of turn 9 and 10. Officially. They did recommend that. When did they recommend it? Like this year? Or After the race. It before? Yeah. Yeah, this is... I wonder if we'll see changes. I'd be curious to know if, they, if they're going to do something because... It was, a, it was a problem in every series. Uh, uh, one, I want to say I love Red Bull Ring. I really oh, love yeah. this place. It's a great like, track. I, I know you, I probably say that I like and, and great and good about everything that we talk about on this podcast, but in a sense of this actual track and one, the racing this year has been phenomenal. The last like bit of racing we've had over the few months has been awesome. But anyways, Red Bull Ring, I love this track. It's great. And you want to know why? That's because I watched the Porsche Super Cup, the two F3 races, the two F2 races, and the two F1 races. And every single race had tons of passing, was super competitive. There was a battle for the lead, which, by the way, if you have F1 TV, go watch the Porsche Super Cup. I promise you, you will not regret it. I 
promise you, you will not regret it. I'm but gonna I'm do just that, saying, man. this track yeah. is friggin' awesome. I do think they need to find a solution to the track limits, though, because that needs to be fixed. What about putting a sausage <laughs> curb outside of it? Like, you hit the sausage curb, that's track limit. Because then people fly in the air and die. That's the problem. They're too sketchy. Dude, yeah. They do it out curves. of, what is it, turn four? I know yeah. it's a lot slower of a corner. But I know when you run wide and I racing, you go way around that curve because you're dodging the sausage curve. Are you talking about into two? I guess like it would be turn about, three. Turn one, two. Three, because one is turn one. And then two, I thought two and three were the kinks on the bat on that straightaway, and then four was that. I think two, I think two is a weird kink, and it's three. I okay. think that's just an I racing though. I think I think F one calls it turn two. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, whatever. We'll, we'll say it's turn. Then the actual turn two. <laughs> but that yeah, that, that that's pretty slow though. I think it's different. That that's a significantly fast section. I don't know if a sausage curb's the right idea. Did you saw what was it? Perez go wide there on the start and. Driver have to drive around the sausage curb. Yeah, I don't know what they need to do, but they they almost need something because I know a lot of the drivers were complaining because they you know they're in, these cars now are really low. the The nose on them's pretty high. They have the halo. It's hard to see the white line, um, and I understand that. So I don't know. Maybe there needs to be some sort of like rumble strip on the inside of the or on the white line maybe i don't know i mean maybe that makes no sense because i guess by that point you'd be hitting the rumble strips which would be the curbs to let you know you're off the track but i don't know something something needs to be done that's all it comes down to i got no good solution so i'm gonna stop talking about it yeah my simple solution in my head is just don't be so strict about it i guess like i don't know because not all the infringements were just crazy advantage you, you know, it was like dipping a wheel off the white line. So I think, um, I don't know, give it, give, be strict about it, but make the limit higher because right now they give you a black and white after three. So maybe go black and white after five. So a guy like, you know, Esteban Ocon, get, that, that would be the difference between 15 seconds in this case, two incidents. What if on their little electrical dash, every time they, Got one. Yeah. They popped up a one X on there. You get a one X. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking that. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I um, I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of disagree. I, I think whether you go a millimeter or you know ten feet over the white line, I think it's penalty. There's a reason yeah. we have track limits. There's a reason I'll, we got rules. You shouldn't go. You shouldn't be breaking. I'll give it, you that you know too. I mean? Or go all the way strict about it. Yeah, and just change the style of racing and don't give any. You know, don't give any leeway. I, I would I would agree with that too. I think that'd produce some interesting stuff. I think if they were just quicker with the notification to the drivers, it would have been a little bit better because I think they were saying that by the time some, some people had actually hit their three um, warnings to get the black and white flag, like it was like there was no first and second warning. It was, hey, you're getting a black and white flag because you've now done this, you know, four times. Well, so. it's Lewis, for example... Norris was complaining the whole time about track limits and stuff. And then all of a sudden it was like, bam, black and white flag, bam, five second. And it was like, wait, wouldn't this all just, it almost like 
dropped on him like you're talking about Antonio I felt like there was they went back and were like yeah Norris is right he is going over track limits so black and white flag and five second penalty I think that's fine you know if we're going to allow replay reviews I think that's okay it's the same thing in, in, in any other sport where like you know come on ref he you know it was a face mask you didn't see it like even if the ref pretends to be unbiased like of course he's gonna watch for the face mask now you know so I think yeah I think but good on good on Lando and and ham jams does that all the time you know especially with Max oh he went off track again you know oh he picked his nose and threw it at me or whatever yeah, yeah I was just using them as an example but I think the point is is you can't you can't give someone, I guess, I can't come up to you, and I'm going to use soccer as the analogy, and give you a yellow, then give you a red card, and say, well, you are you also already had a yellow, I just hadn't given it to you yet, so here's your yellow for that, too. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I think if you did it three times, that should, and they hadn't notified you, that should only be your first warning. Yeah. I don't think it's fair to notify them and be like, Hey, you did this three times, but we didn't tell you the first two times, so now you're getting a black and white flag. Sorry. My fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oops. <laughs> it just makes no sense. <laughs> so, I don't know. It is what it is, I guess. Um, So, I guess before we move on, um, safety podcast, and we were talking a little bit about... Um, I don't know. I mainly just don't want to forget to talk about it. Uh, did you guys did hear or did you hear that we did lose a F1 hopeful this weekend at Spa? I did hear about that, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Danio Vanthoff. Uh, it was real similar collision to Antoine Hubert. Really similar collision. Um, You know, coming onto the Kimmel straight, car turned sideways t-bone um this time it was in the rain uh i mean eerily similar the video footage that's going around online looks like it's from the exact same same grandstand seat as the antoine hubert footage um anyway yeah that he was a real hopeful i don't know how we change that at spa i think we might i don't know we don't need to spend long on it but do you guys think that this is going to aid in the eventual demise of spa Franco Trumps as a Formula One destination. I mean, I'm afraid no. There's two things going to happen. Bah. I'm not going to say this. Is two things are going to happen. I'm hoping neither of these happen. They're going to close it. Are they're going to literally ruin the track by trying to slow that area of the track down? Right. And. I know we just got done with a remodel of that area to prevent this from happening. And you you also had um, Sebastian Bourdais in the WEC race there have a brake failure and go straight on um, and hit the left side. Gosh. Um, and oh, don't you somehow know the people still don't oh. understand how, not that he, he wasn't, killed but he was able to walk away they were amazed that he wasn't injured oh yeah or like crash with lando in the rain what was it two years ago in qualifying yeah. 
that was so scary, man. That car was junk. And that's yeah. why we never saw them race that year either. Yeah, that was terrifying. That was that. I mean, I guess other than the obvious Grosjean fireball, that's definitely like in my memory, the scariest, like, oh my gosh, there's no way he's going to walk away from that crash in Formula 1 I think the I've two seen. scariest, and that that's on one of the top of the list, but the two scariest is the fireball, and then the sec- the next one has to be Ryan Newman in the 500. Mm. That one was no joke, dude. Yeah. That one was... I think I have two points to this. Um, one, I, I really do think that because this was an FIA sanctioned event, was it? Yeah, not this was the, the this was the European was? Formula Championship. I I really think some onus has to be put on the FIA for this as well. I they they were saying that the conditions at Spa were obviously wet, but they were similar to what was the Spa race in 2021 that got canceled. Um, so not only did they run a race in conditions that they wouldn't have run an F1 race in, but they also ran 18, 19 year old kids that are inexperienced that, you know, are literally trying to get to the top and literally would, you know, unfortunately die trying. They're going to go flat out. They're not going to yield to a yellow when they're coming up through Rouge. It's, it's not, a situation where you can just be like, yeah, let's just throw them out on track, like, and see what happens. I don't know. I just, I thought that was just shitty to see. Like, it just didn't need to happen. Um, the other thing was Spa, like, I get it. Racing's dangerous. And I actually saw this guy comment online saying that how racing is supposed to be dangerous, that they shouldn't change the track and that blah, blah, blah. It's not the FIA's fault that he died. Someone just came in there, full throttle, whatever. If you take away the dangerousness of it, it's no longer racing. And I, I actually never comment, but I bitched him out. And I was like, I was like, no. I was like, this is the definition of an L take. Because I'm like, you don't go into a sport that, and, and you know, you like, you know that you're risking your life. It's always going to happen. But you don't want to die in a situation like that. Like, you shouldn't be scared to go to spa and i feel like spa is starting to become a track that people are going to get scared going to we had someone pass away in 2019 we had another one this year it's happening every few years yeah and it's not good like we're in the 21st century like people shouldn't be dying anymore unless it's an extreme circumstance or a failure of something that should have worked like right. we're i get it racing's a sport shit's gonna happen it's 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 you can't foresee everything but stuff like this is totally avoidable yeah, don't don't run um, them in the rain in your rouge. Yeah, right. Well, I, I bitched that guy out. I was like, I was like, no, this is a stupid take. I was like, there's a difference between stu- like a risk and stupidity. I'm like, yeah, it's gonna always be a risk, but this is just stupid. Like, why did we even run them in the first place? Now, anyways, again, b- back to my second point, the track. I, I I don't know. At this point, you almost have to change the track. Like, I I, I don't see a better way of doing it spa has rain races all the time it's a place where there's always rain you almost have to change at this point it's just too dangerous like we get it you can't change the landscape around the track i get it a rouge is a famous corner but 
is it that famous that we really just want to let people die over it? Yeah. Like, is it that important? I'm with you on that. Or, or, or if it's that point, then don't run the lower categories there. I, I mean, not that that's saying that F1, it can't happen. Like, are we going to wait till someone dies in F1 for it to change quarter? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe not, but I guess I, I guess not. I mean, F1 had a freaking tractor on the track at Suzuka again, the same place the freaking uh, Jules Bianchi died. So I guess I can't really say anything. Nothing changed there, freaking. Yeah. I think. What was it? I think we can't Seven, make we can't later. make the cars any safer without slowing them down at this point. So the only way to make the racing safer without sterilizing it is to make the infrastructure and the the management better. Like I guess I was I was dogging on um, NASCAR for their thirty minute or ninety minute lightning strike hold, but like I guess that's that mentality is what you need, you know. Like it's raining really hard. Like maybe we shouldn't race right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like we don't need a X inches per hour or like whatever. Like, you know, like it's, I mean, look at the, like, you know, race officials standing at the bottom of, uh, the hill going like, look at the water running down the hill. Like we can't run that at 200 miles an hour. Are you kidding me? Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. Well, we're, we're past the point of it being a car problem. Like, I'm sorry, if you put a GT3 sideways in the middle of the track and say someone coming in and let someone come in at 300 km an hour, kilometers an hour and slam into their door, I'm sorry, you're done. Like, it's you're going to yeah. die. Like, unless it's a passenger door and you get lucky, like, that's a freaking ridiculous hit. Yes, it is. Like, it's not, you're not going to build anything to withstand no. that. It's not going to happen. No, you're not. You're right. Yeah. It's that, not the car building it isn't the problem the problem is it's the impact is so forceful that you can't dissipate that energy so back to nascar and all that how they put the crumple zones in the front of the car to help lower g-forces well that works great for a head-on collision into a wall right but a car hitting you at 200 miles an hour in the door it ain't going to do, that doesn't do anything. You can't put a, a crumple zone in the side of the car unless you want them to be freaking square cars. Sitting in the center of the car. Yeah. <laughs> so, and you know, the open wheel cars do have that. They do sit in the center of them. But you're still, you're not going to be able to crumple zone there. Yeah, they're, they're not made of... Um, diamond even if they were you know what i mean i i just think the the track needs to change at this point like i think we're beyond caring about Arouge being this famous corner like it's a blind corner that you're hauling ass into that frequently has wrecks out of the corner you can throw a yellow you can have a light telling people this car stopped in the middle of the track you can do whatever you want you're not going to avoid that happening again like someone's always look at look at look at Antoine Hubert's. He was off line by a lot, and he got hit. Like there's you're sending, you know, an F three like thirty cars, an F two you're sending the I don't know whatever like twenty eight. I don't know how many were in this regional race, but regardless, you're sending twenty cars through. If the leader goes through, you have nineteen chances to die. Nineteen. I mean, I, I I don't know what to do to make that track better, but you know what. There is an old section of track to the left of Arouge 
maybe use that. I don't know. Some people are going to tell me it's an L take because they think, you know, a Rouge is the greatest thing to ever exist or Radion, whatever the fuck you want to call it. I don't really give a shit. It's Radion actually. But, but besides the point, I, I <laughs> think it needs to change. I think it's time. I don't think you can just let people, people keep dying. It's 2023 guys. Like we need to wake up and smell the fucking coffee. I agree. I, I'm not going to agree totally. Like it's an iconic section of a track. I think we need to, we need to not overreact, pump the brakes and let's look at all options possible. Something's got to be discussed about it. But before we start saying, just tear, tear it out or put a chicane in the middle of it, let's weigh all our options and see what we can do. But what can we do? Like what options do we have left? I don't like they've widened it. They've. You know, they throw yellows and tell you to slow down. Like, I don't know what more they can do. Without widening them, I don't know. Can they go left of the track more? I mean, not that that's necessarily going to fix anything. I mean, they could widen it to the left a bit a bit more than they already did. But I don't know. It's, I, again, that's the reason why I'm saying change it. When, when in 2019, when Antoine passed away, I, I, I wasn't on the movement of change it yet. I was, I agreed. It was, you know, a famous corner, but you know, this is another person. Like it's just every year, if there's rain there, someone has a chance that they're going to die. I think it's, it's a, just a common denominator. I don't think it's the common denominator. I think we've got to look at like this incident was rain involved. And if Dave, yeah. I haven't seen it yet, but if Dave is telling the saying the truth, there was no visibility. There was water dude. running down the track. Oh man, no, the and they were because the incident happened just like Antoine's did. So, like he he spun out, and then the cars slide like sideways in the middle of the track, and there's just spray. I mean, it was like, you know, it was like a fog machine, and so. Um, I was reading that uh, a reporter asked Lance Stroll and Fernando Alonso their opinion on the event, and Stroll said something to the effect of, like, of course, they need to change it. Um, and Fernando said that uh, he's willing and ready for whatever changes they make, but of course, we need to factor in that, like, this was during a very heavy rain, like we were saying earlier, so... I mean, I don't know that the, I, I didn't mean to, um, derail us. I just like, I think that this, I hope this is not the smoking gun for spa because I don't think it's fair circumstances. I think that the, the race officials maybe should have not been running the cars on track in those conditions, period. Maybe um, spa itself is put in a stipulation is if there's this amount of rain in this amount of time, we will not hold an event here. We don't care who you are. I think Formula One says two inches in an hour. I think that's their two inches per hour is their like, okay, we can't race in this amount of rain. But that's a lot, dude. Dude, yes. a, a half inch in an hour is a ton of rain. At least if you live well, in Texas. IndyCar runs in a lot less than that. They'll cancel a road race because I've been at a, an event where they did that. And it I was like, that's weird. I'm like, like Formula why? One would have ra- This is when I was kind of new into IndyCar. The Formula One would be running in this. They've got rain tires. And then yeah. someone informed me that IndyCar's rain tires are like the Formula One intermediate. Yeah. But like, why do it at all? You know? Like, 
why do it at all? I mean, NASCAR NASCAR shuts down over any amount of substantial rain and oval, and they just run on Monday. You know, because at the end of the day, it's a TV event. Like the, it's cool that there's X number of people there, and it's a bummer that you need to open the facility another day. But like, like as far as I understand it, like all the viewership comes from TV. So don't don't run in the rain. You know what I mean? Just run it on a different day. Um, that's easy for me to say because I didn't pay the killers a million dollars or whatever to play on Sunday after the race. You know, I'm not that guy that wrote that check. So I get it. Like, that sucks and money will be lost. But now we're losing lives. Like, that sucks more, right? So, yes. A- anyway. Um, I... Uh, do we have any more on F1 get back on track or do we want to move on to IndyCar? Um, I mean, not really. I, I just like, I guess to, to sum it up, um, the, uh, penalties and I might cut this back earlier. We'll see. Yes. I thought we were going to do that after IndyCar. No. No, I say we do it before. Um, so then people just cut I, off my IndyCar part. And y'all like, yeah, I was going to say, we just, just cut, cut it out. IndyCar we don't fucking out. need it. We don't need to do it at all. Uh, hold well, on. I got I some had, more safety podcasting for us with IndyCar. I had, the penalties, I had the penalties popped up. I wanted to just quickly... Uh, yeah, so like I said, penalties came hot and heavy. Uh, just to recap, because I said I was going to go over the amount because it was it's the most penalties i've ever seen seen be handed out for track limits ever um in any race i've ever watched so carlos Sainz got 10 seconds lewis hamilton got 10 seconds um pierre gasly got 10 seconds albon got 10 seconds logan Sargent got a five and a 10 second all of these are for leaving track leaving or it leaving the track without a justifiable reason multiple times is the official um, jurisdiction or, or the official what they what they call it whatever the title but I don't you know what I mean? Ocon got a five plus ten plus five plus ten, which is crazy. Uh, Devries got a five plus ten. Magnuson got a five, and Yuki Sonoda got a five plus ten. So it was um, twelve penalties in total handed out for leaving the leaving the track, which is bonkers. So anyway, absolutely mad. Yeah. Anyway, well, and uh, where this is where usually Levi comes in. Where are we going next? Formula One, Silverstone. Oh yeah, and McLaren's running their silver. There's. That was definitely not a British accent, by the way. McLaren's going silver and orange, which is going to be cool to see again. And and hey, uh, how more wrong could I have been with my in it, bend it, or win it picks? The the first week that I decide to not pick Leclerc as win it the dude gets second <laughs> and hamilton gets like just totally dogged and hamilton came on his radio and he was like you know the car or whatever and didn't his race engineer be like we know the car is bad just drive <laughs> like it was toto yeah like dang oops um so i picked ham jam to win last week that didn't work out um charlie old leglerg Le- took it um in second and then I had Lando to Bennett and Oscar to win it. And um, I couldn't have been more wrong about that. So 
Hopefully I can get some redemption this week. I say let's move on to in it, bin it, or win it. And then um, we want to hear about IndyCar. Last but not least, we've been we've been building up to IndyCar, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, who's going first this week? Uh, it is Levi. I think it's you, Norman. Levi oh, gets to go first. So if y'all... Well, you were going first last week, so how does that work? Remember I cut you off and you were cheesed about it? No, it went David, Dave, <laughs> then you cut Levi off and went second. I thought I cut you off. No. I you were the one. Why I, are you bitching then? Because it pushed me even further back down the line. <laughs> you go last. Right. You go last this week. No, you me? go last, No, Dave. Norman we're goes last. regular scheduled programming. No, you made me angry. You go last. <laughs> <laughs> so you're getting banished. Yeah, uh, so Levi's not here. Bummer. We miss you, Levi. Oh, miss you, Levi. But uh, I'm I'm going to read uh, Levi's picks, and he's going first. So he picked um, pretty uh, solid picks. <laughs> uh, dang it. Uh, he picked Win Alonzo, which I think is a, a great pick for Silverstone. Um, I won't take his his stage, but I can see why he'd pick that. In it is Carlos Sainz. Uh, totally see that too. And Bennett, Mister Nick DeVries for our F one guru Yoda. So now I'll I, sit here and listen to you guys pick all the people, and then I'll have to well, pick. I'm gonna I'm gonna George throw Russell to win into it, it or whatever. So I'm going with the all British lineup for the British Grand Prix. Dang. We're going to have... Sounds like a terrible option. We're going to have Lewis Sir Hamilton for our win pick. We're going to take a Lando Norris as our end pick. So what does that mean? It means our buddy George Russell will be the Bennett. Oh, he's going to cry. Blue eyes crying He just let me down last week, so (laughs) hopefully he lets you... Not lets you down, I guess, this week. So that's my all British lineup for the in it, win it, or bin it. So is it me now? Yeah. Yeah. How does that even work, bro? <laughs> but okay. I went first last week. You went second. You went after Dave. Oh, that's right. You cheated. No, I, I'm just doing what I was supposed to do. But, anyways. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess that leaves me then. I'm definitely not ready. But you know what? I'm going to take my boy Leclerc to win it again. You know what? He's not going to, but he's. I, I got faith. I got faith. The look I on Dave's, Dave's face when you said that. Some bitch, It's okay. You dude. still got signs. That's all that matters. No. Um, I don't like Carlos signs. <laughs> <laughs> look at him. He's a hater. Why am I so white right now on camera? Because like, you're from Canada, on? bro. Look at this. Anyways, crazy. Yeah, bro. We got uh, winter storms out here. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, my in pick, I am going to, I'm going to also pick Norris because I'm allowed to do that for the in pick because you know what? I think he's been killing it. Now, Red Bull Ring suited their car, but I think he's been killing it. Um, And my bin pick, who's going to let me down this week? I'm going to pick Sergeant. He yelled me out last time, so maybe he'll do it again. I'm free. I'm open to donations. Uh, all right um i'm not picking signs that sucks i don't want to pick signs uh oh gosh win it you want me you want me to switch 
No. Do you want, do you want me to switch, mate? Uh, <laughs> I so I was yawning. It kind of came out British. I think uh, that was that's a very Canadian thing to say. Um, I, uh, I best of both. I worlds. would. I gotta pick George Russell because I'm not gonna pick Carlos Sainz. I don't know. I think. Imagine like Ferrari's got it. They've all, they're Ferrari, but I don't know, Georgie. You never know what's gonna happen. Um, this one can be a doozy. Uh, in it, I can't. I'm not gonna pick. It. Oh, come on. Let's let's have a good in it pick. Legreg. Like. <laughs> um. No. Uh. <laughs> let's have. What do you mean no? Let's have. Yasley. No. It's my pick. <laughs> Uh no, nah, who's who said that? Nico Hulkenberg in it. Didn't you get the memo? Haas, like we said, has not been performing, but um every once in a while they can shine and he can put his elbows out. So Hulkenberg in it and then Bennett um Carlos signs. <laughs> yeah, I am I mean I you am can still be outside if he bends it, I still get my point. I'm still getting but... gravel. <laughs> I'm just You're checking. Yeah, all right. Yeah, he's still checking, bro. Anyway, that's my picks. So now I guess we get to talk about the Formula One with windshields <laughs> stateside. Yes, and that windshield did help someone this weekend. Not going to lie. Saw that. Erickson decided to park his car on top of Rosenquest and the first lap, which was our only caution, but enough with that talk. Um, I want to get into some more of our safety podcast. Uh, Simon Pagano had a brake failure at the end of the long straightaway. I don't know what turn it's going into, but I think everyone that knows that track knows that turn. It has a sand trap in it, but it also goes downhill before it's the sand trap. And it's a pretty quick drop off. Um, had a brake failure. Car spun. Our car got sideways going off the track and... I didn't even count the flips, but we'll have a link to the crash in the show notes. Um, I had to flip eight to ten times. Flipped all the way to the tire barrier at the end of the sand trap. Um, they said that he probably flew for a good two rolls without touching the ground. Oh. But Jeez. walked away unharmed got checked out and got cleared but because he saw eight g's in his earpiece the amr safety team told him he was not clear to race in sunday's race and this happened in practice on saturday wow the amount that the amount of deceleration that happened when he hit the sand is impressive dude that car racing slowed. take notes. Yeah, no joke. Like I'll post this video in the show notes. That car is flying on, and then it hits the sand and it just barely rolls against the tire barrier by the time it gets there. That is impressive. It saved his life, no doubt. The the sand saved his life 100%. Well, the dissipation from the parts flying off was huge too. I know um I don't know the fellow's name who does the uh, the announcing. I should though, because he's got an amazing voice and he does other we racing series. But anyways, baby, <laughs> is that who it is? Anyways, he made a great comment 
they're saying that the tire or the tires and you know all the other parts falling off dissipated it and it's true they did yeah. it's crazy though uh how much that helped them out but i think really the discussion point here is that he was not cleared because of anything they saw with him and being checked out after it it was all because of how many g's he they saw in his earpiece that he had to sit out this race. Um, and I guess that's, I don't know if it's an IndyCar rule or an AMR safety team team rule, but he was not cleared, which put Connor Daly in to fill the spot. Do y'all feel, because I kind of do, but then I don't feel that it's right for them to say, hey, no, you can't race anyway, you've passed all your tests. I don't know. I guess my immediate take on that is like, um, there's gotta be some sort of standard. The human body is, is really weird. And, um, things like blood clots and weird things like there's, there's a lot of things that can happen if you spin a human body like that in a crazy way with an impact that won't manifest, uh, manifest themselves for 24 hours. And you can kind of see it in like impact sports, like football and hockey where guys will take a big hit and play the rest of the game and then be really screwed up the next day or collapse in the fourth quarter. Or I've seen it in hockey more than football, actually. But uh, I get it. I get the standard. I mean, eight Gs is a ton, man. If your head weighs 50 pounds, which it about does, I don't know about your head. (laughs) Oh, thanks. (laughs) Yeah, Norman's is pretty big. (laughs) But... um, no, and I mean, this big old it, brain. AGs is it? I mean, that means that you're that's 400 pounds that you're putting on your neck in a pulling fashion at it in a spinning motion. I mean, that's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that you can tear apart and blood vessels that you can rupture and nerves that you can damage that you may not know are damaged. So I'm with it. I get it. It sucks for Simon, but I mean. That's a lot, man. AG's, AG's in the earpiece is a ton of, that's a lot. But but I don't think that's, that's not linear G-force though. I think that that's centrifugal G-force. Because. I, I don't know what it was. I don't even know if the eight is right, but I want to say it was right. I don't know. I just saw... watch the video. That was a violent spin and it slowed down really quick. Um. And if you're if you're Simon Pagano, it's not like you're gonna be like, Yeah, mate, I don't know, I have a little bit of a headache. Maybe I shouldn't race. You're gonna be like, I'm fine. You yeah. know, period. Simon was very um not put off by it. He was like, you know, I feel fine to race, but you know, I'm a race car driver, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know what my body needs. Good job I think to his PR. Similar rep. on the quote he said on Sunday, which I was very impressed because most guys, you know, oh no, you know, I got big balls. I'm fine. I can go race. No, I mean, look at look at uh, a guy like uh, Kurt Busch. I mean, the dude still can't drive a race car, and that impact that he took at where was it Pocono? Like that that wasn't a big hit. It was a big hit, but it wasn't like like um the hits that we were talking about before it wasn't it didn't look like this you know what i mean 
um, he hit a, a concrete wall, but that's another case of like deceleration. And, and what we were talking about at spa is like, um, even Austria, a little bit of sand or gravel might solve the problem, but, um, anyway, yeah, I'm fine with the decision. Like, and also good on his PR rep because they told him to say that. <laughs> oh yeah. That's a great line. Like I am a racing driver, not a doctor. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Simon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, on on head injuries, like you were saying, they can be delayed. I I had one in high school for during soccer game. I got knocked out for thirty seconds. And I passed a concussion protocol in two thousand five with flying colors. Um, I walked into school the next day and didn't know who the hell I was. Yeah. The brains I got Parents called, rushed to the doctor, driving back from the hospital when they were like, oh, still pass their concussion protocol, fine. Found out that I was out for 30 seconds. They diagnosed me with a grade three concussion, sent me to get a CAT scan, called my dad on the way home from the hospital to come back. They had to do an emergency MRI on me. My whole left frontal lobe was concussed. Yeah, it's not a joke, man. And it can happen. It happens differently and easier or harder to everyone in a different way like head injuries are so weird and no you spin you spin someone around in a centrifuge like that and decelerate that lumpy fat mass that's in your skull from 200 miles an hour to zero in like no time at all like yeah you don't need to hit your head on something to be violently concussed because your brain's hitting itself on the inside of your head, <laughs> which is really unsettling. Um, but it also is, um, I know we had a sad subject earlier, but it's a, that's a relief subject to see a guy climb out of a car, walk away and wave to the crowd after a wreck like that. Yeah. Everything's working. Yes. And we've been praising IndyCar all year, right? Like all the IndyCar races, we've had some horrific looking wrecks and so far everyone's okay. In IndyCar between like the Kyle Kirkwood stuff um at St. Petersburg and all of the crazy cars flying in the air. I mean, heck, uh Mark Marcus Erickson at the beginning of this race, that car caught some serious air. I mean, five feet or four feet like that's a lot <laughs> there's no suspension i mean there is but it's it's minor like that impact on the ground will you know rupture discs in your back and like screw up your neck and like there's it's serious impact yeah. um did you see rosenquist's windshield after that wreck yeah yeah that had definitely... a big black mark from his tire on it couldn't even see out the freaking right side of his windshield yeah and I think I think we do see Formula One adopt the windshield eventually. I think it's a no-brainer, right? Yeah. I think the <laughs> halo's working <laughs> though. Yeah, until like, it does. The halo would have worked on that wreck too. Yeah, the halo has worked. It, the halo's been incredible, but it, we're racing glass cars. I mean, this carbon fiber shatters like glass. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, the, the neck is still a pretty vulnerable area on the race car driver. They, they have a Hans collar on, but there's no right at like the Adam's apple under your chin. That's just fabric still. 
a piece of carbon fiber to the to the neck would really slow you down quite a bit. So, I mean, you know what I mean? Like it might it speed would, you up where your foot is. You definitely know? lose a couple tenths. <laughs> um, so no, I, I as long as it doesn't give them a damn heat stroke, because I mean, also. I know they have earplugs in, but the amount of air pressure in that helmet of a Formula One driver has got to be just outlandish in some way. Or if you turn your head just right or into a certain corner, like there's no way that that's a totally airtight sealed compartment. Um, and those air those earplugs help, but you can still, I mean, if you've ever like shot a shotgun... Like earplugs only get you so far. Your ears—it's just gonna help the ringing last less long, you know. After you're done, you'd be like me and have it last forever. Yeah, that's right. Just wee all the time. Um, but I've always wondered, like hearing hearing wise too, having that windshield would just be a relief. Like, or or think about how loud they have to run their in-car radios be able to hear over the wind noise uh, coming off their helmet even if it's in an earplug because bass frequencies are going to make it through that so it's even if it's not sh- a shearing sound it's still going to be like a you know so no i'm with the windshield dude i'm with it amar indycar's leading the way in open wheel racing safety worldwide i agree with that 100 percent I'm with that as well. I like the windscreen or the arrow screen or whatever they call it. I think the arrow a, screen. Yes, it was a good addition. I think F1 could benefit from that too. Totally. I'm just thinking of something like smaller breaking through, like you know, what I mean, like a bolt or something. I don't know. It's scary, man. That's scary. Yeah. It's um, like it's gonna happen, right? Well, it was the spring that hit. Um, Wow, brain fart. Uh, Felipe? Massa? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Hit him right in the face. Yeah. Well, what about even something as small as like... And a spring can get through that um, hole. And Helmet helmet Marco, that's why he had to stop racing. He took a piece of car to the face. What about something as small as a pebble, though? Like, I remember back on the radio, Grosjean yeah, back, him, I think, at... his bo- finger... Wasn't it Bahrain as well, but not at the same event, I don't think. But yeah, he was talking about a pebble hitting his finger and like he felt like he broke his finger, but he didn't. God. That hurts. It hurts, man. Or like can you on a cold wind. Like like, you know, you stub your toe on a cold morning and like, man, like day done, day over. <laughs> you know? Like, I've always wondered in the cold rain, yeah, a pebble comes up and hits you right on the pinky nail of your finger. Oh, man, yeah. But, you know, like you said earlier, Antonio, is that racing in a way? Like, are we getting, you know what I mean? Are those factors considered that the mental willpower to overcome the wind and overcome the wet um, on your visor not on your windshield you know what i mean uh is all of that part of it or is that too deep i think you and i don't want to get off this rabbit hole but i'm going to if you put a windscreen on the formula one cars fans are gonna get up in arms about it 
Yeah, but they cried about the Halo. They'll get over that it. That was going to be my point. They cried about the Halo, and now everyone can look at a Formula One car, and no one even notices the Halo anymore. Yeah, it's that's what a Formula One car looks like. <laughs> was there a big uproar when the IndyCar aero screen came in visually? Like, were people upset? Yes, but it's the same thing already. Everyone's gotten so used to it that it's, it's just IndyCar now. Yeah. And the fans were upset about it, and then it happened. We ran a year with it, and everyone's like, okay, well, this is IndyCar now. I guess we're going to run the, you know. So, and it goes back is that is something safety that you can put in the car that doesn't take away from the racing. It might take away from some of the elements that you have to withstand, but it will, but it will add other elements because IndyCar is still trying to design how to get better airflow into those cockpits now because that's how hot it is in there. <laughs> I was going to say something smart-ass, but I hope I'll... And just cut more holes in it. <laughs> um, so, back on to the racing part of this. I... Colton Herta um, qualified on pole. Dominated the whole first stint. Um, he started on red tires. Polo started on blacks. Polo got up. Um, the third and kind of got stuck behind Graham Rahal and just kind of decided that he was just going to ride there and then went long on his stint, um, and gained a lot of time by going long and doing the overcut and below came out like three seconds ahead on the reds. And never looked back. And Herta's team could never really. They tried to get him back, and it. And Herta supposedly had a pit limiter malfunction, so he got a penalty anyway for speeding a bit late. But Andretti Motorsports looks like they screwed Herta's strategy again for the second race in a row, costing him the win. Uh, I want to say this looks like it's an internal issue at. Andretti, I think Hurt is on his third strategist too already this season, if I remember that right. He just wants to race with his dad again. <laughs> um, I can't race without my dad. So I just, I don't know if y'all have any points on that, but I, I think there's some, Andretti's not looking, they look like they started the season strong and look very weak right now. That was my point, is that he needs to race with his dad. I, well, I got that, but I don't know if you wanted to add like any more into it. But um, my personal opinion is, I'll say clean house, but Andretti needs to get his shit together because eh, this ain't working for them now. And I'm, I've been, I've, this might be a false read, but I'm under the impression that Colton Herta doesn't have the mental strength to be a Formula One driver. Um, he's fast. And I think also, I'll go ahead and say it. Um, cause I think all of this is a mental issue with Colton too, is what I'm getting at. This has been a really tough season for him. He was the biggest thing in the off season in the American news about how 
he might be the first American Formula One driver in a long time and how he's going to be great. And then the super license thing happened. And um, really, we saw that like people in Formula One just really didn't want him there was kind of what the impression I got. Anyway, I think that he's got some work to do personally, too. I've always seen him as like kind of Max Verstappen, but the like Florida version of that or wherever he's from, you know, like just kind of like hard headed, um, a little over aggressive, takes risks that doesn't really need to take. And I don't think he's in a position to do that in his career yet. Um, I think he's fast, and but I don't think he's in the position to do that. And then you have a guy like Alex Pillow, who's just been consistent and just dominating, all just dominating, and um, not the last it, five, and not an American, <laughs> uh, which is something to note. But no, I. It sucks. Just, I don't. I, I would like to think that Andretti's got their management straight because I'm a fan of them. Um, but I guess with Grosjean too, like we've seen this kind of like just frustrated driver, you know, that comes out of Andretti Motorsport right now. They're and he's just, he's fallen off. Yeah, they're he's just, running like between fifteenth and tenth, and he was there to win every si- the first five races of the year. Yeah, I'm, and I mean, there's development that even though it's kind of spec series, there's development that happens. Like teams figure out their cars. Um, so I'm not really sure what's going on in Andretti, but part of it, I don't. What I'm getting at is, I don't think it's all management. I think that they do have two hot-headed drivers. They have a Formula One expat, and then they have a Formula One wannabe that needs to cut his hair, like Colton, dude. You you can't go into Formula One looking like that, man. I'm sorry. Like, I'm just saying. It, Formula One has always been slightly about looks. Like, they say it's not. And What? Brain fart. What was that driver's name in the 80s? Um, Hunt. Yeah, James Hunt. <laughs> yes, that is James Hunt. Like, like you gotta, you gotta clean yourself up a little bit, man. You can't be, like, having your hair sticking out over your ears with backward... I'm sorry. I, I've always thought that. Yeah, he can. He's yes, not he can. fast enough to do that, I don't think. Like, he's good, but I don't know. The results don't speak for themselves. So, anyway. Sorry to hear that, Andretti, but I also think that's what you get if you work with Colton Herter a little bit. I think we'd see that problem in any other team and in some capacity, just frustrated. Um. Hey, yeah. I'm a Joey Logano fan, so then, I'm not opposed to that driver. I think that driver can be successful, but just for the record. But he needs to grow up a little <laughs> bit. On to some happy news. We mentioned him a little bit a minute ago that he started on the outside pole, Graham Rahal. Um, had a mishap at the end of the race in pits, which cost him a lot of positions. But looking strong after missing the whole the Indy 500, these past this past month looks like he's bounced back strong, and I think he's having a decent running. And just got to give a shout out to him. Uh, takes all that kind of shows you that not old school, but um, brain fart um, experience that he has. How to bounce back from such a tough situation and not let it affect you. Where are we going next? We are going Toronto. We're going to 
Um, Antonio's neck of the woods. I don't think it's his neck of the woods. <laughs> it's like opposite side of the world. It's but yeah. Canada. It's his neck of the woods. Um, <laughs> sure. Canada's all woods, eh? <laughs> they have Montreal, they have Mosport, and they have Toronto. Like, they're all out of his neck of the woods if it's not Canada. I'm in Texas. I don't know. They it's don't have racetracks in Vancouver. There's polar bears and Eskimos. Eskimos. Uh, <laughs> so, but mm. um, we'll see if Alex Pelot's dominance uh, for the last five, three in a row comes to an end at Toronto. Or if he keeps going on. Uh, Ganassi looked really strong this weekend with a one-two. Hello and Scott Dixon, both on the same strategy and both whipped Andretti's tails with strategy calls this weekend. Uh, I think Hello started fifth and Dixon started seventh and were able to, after the first round of pit stops, they were one, two. Or no, one, three. And then Dixon got hurt all, all in the next pit stop. Wow. I think I think we do see it. I think we do see Alex Pillow continued. I don't know what to say. He's it's not like he's getting lucky and winning by a couple of seconds three in a row. He won that race by a large margin. Like to the point where the announcers towards the end of the race were saying that he's just out for a Sunday cruise right now and he's still pulling away from the field. Yeah, I'm not I have no reason to believe that his performance will change. So yeah, no. That he's my he's my win it pick for the rest of the season. He's my Max <laughs> Verstappen dude. No, he's gonna get Max Verstappen. You can't pick a pillow anymore in decor. That's right. That's right. Um I guess the real question with him is can he challenge Scott Dixon for seven time champion? He's still young. No. No, because he'll be in Formula One before that happens. Didn't he get a test drive with McLaren? He's got roots. He's got connects. I know he does. So, no, I think we see him in Formula One in the next two years. I think he's one of those guys that leaves IndyCar for something b- bigger. That would be shocking because most of the time, right now you're seeing the yeah. Formula One influx into IndyCar. And we'll finally see an IndyCar driver leave and go see how he does in Formula One. And I think he'll do well. I don't know, man. He's got, he could have a good place there. So, yeah. We hope to see you there. Well, I would rather see Pato Award, but Alex Pillow is, is better. We'll see. <laughs> you know, Unfortunately. we, maybe he likes the ovals too much to leave. Well, I, I'm petered out on IndyCar, my dude. I am done. I think it's time to say goodnight to Jeff Gordon. And it was nice <laughs> to have you around for an episode, but you're gone now. Oh, Jeffy Dude, Jeff. Is that the most polite thing I've ever heard you say about Jeff Gordon? I just want to... <laughs> I've never heard that. That was so kind of you. <laughs> what, yeah, it's no. time for you to go? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it's nicer than the other things I've heard you say, so yeah. <laughs> With your vest and your and your glasses. Uh, it's crazy. No, I don't... I'm not a... I was a Jeff Gordon hater when he was around in the er, the nineties and the yeah. early two thousand, but you know he ended I up pulled, being better, I, so it's okay. I'm just kidding. I pulled for him <laughs> his last season just because, you know, you always pull for those <laughs> veterans that have been around and you grew up with. So, 
It's been sad though since like 2015 because I feel like since Gordon left, everybody started leaving. We had Stewart leave, Jimmy left, uh, Junior left. Arvik's now leaving. Kenseth left. Now we have Pitbull and Michael Jordan. Clint Boyer left. Holy shit, how did I forget him? Edwards. Edwards. Do you want to buy this poster? No, I want to just be depressed on my own. Maybe go find out. Okay. Sterling Marlin. Bottle of booze or something. Oh, man. (laughs) How NASCAR of you. What was that? What was that? Of course, when you're a dude, you always used to say, uh... Boris said. Boris said. (laughs) (laughs) The said head. Yes. (laughs) What episode? That was like three episodes ago. We had to explain that to you. That was funny. Anyways. So, guys, that's going to wrap up 24. I don't know, but Levi. 25. Um, um, oh my gosh, I just made the connection now that that's why it was Jeff Ward's episode. Oh my. <laughs>